1: You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football.
0: You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashaun Reed, and Ted Nguyen on The Athletic Podcast Network.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of State of the Nation here on The Athletic Podcast Network. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined as always by Vic Tafer, Deshawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen. We continue in off-season mode and uh, you know, we're, we're at the slow period of the time uh, as we await to see what exactly happens with these Raiders, what happens with Derek Carr. Um, we're still what about three weeks away or so from the deadline to uh, before his contract guarantees and trying to figure out, are they going to be able to trade him? Will they have to cut him? And uh, the Jets are one team that we kind of identified early on as as a potential fit. And you know, we'll see. I mean, they, they still could be a potential fit, but they did add Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator. and. We know a year ago, even though they say it wasn't about that, the Broncos hired him with a lot of the common thought being that it was a ploy to try to get Aaron Rodgers there. And maybe that's what the Jets are aiming to do. But we'll see what happens. We'll see if that takes them out of the running for Derek Carr. When people look at this
3: Nathaniel Hackett a hire with the Jets, especially with how uninspiring Hackett's recent history, not even recent history, but overall coaching history has been as a offensive coordinator, all signs points that their focus will probably be to get Aaron Rodgers. It's going to cost them at least two first round draft picks, according to what, you know, the reports about what the Packers want. And that potentially could take out a, um, a, a real destination for for Derek Carr or a, a, a team that Seems like they it would really make a trade for Derek Carr. Come on, man! Nathaniel
2: Hackett got Blake Bortles to the AFC Championship game. Don't don't hate on him. He he's got some stuff done.
4: Jalen Ramsey got them to the uh, <laughs> AFC Championship <year>, game. <laughs> who's also on the trade block? I mean, of the teams that you know could meet meet that price, the two first round picks for for Aaron Rodgers to just do seem to make a lot of sense. Just in terms of they believe that they have a championship caliber defense and they have some exciting talent on offense and. I mean, really, the, the interesting part of this, uh, I'm talking about having a sales pitch for him, but he doesn't have a no trade clause, you know, unlike the, you know, Derek Carr. And so he can sort of dictate where he goes, I guess. I guess he could threaten to retire or something of that nature. But if the Packers really want to trade him, they could just trade him to whoever gives him the, the best offer in reality. And so that's kind of an interesting layer to this that kind of makes it hard to pigeonhole him into one specific team at this point. Just so saying
2: Derek Carr better than Aaron Rodgers because Derek Carr got the no trade clause.
4: Hey. Better at negotiating, I guess. I mean, you got, that, got that, that tag in there, man. What was Aaron Rodgers thinking? No no, no trade clause?
2: Aaron Rodgers was oh, thinking uh, about all the guaranteed dollars that he's got on his contract for next year while, while Derek Carr ha- has, has the big bag. goose egg.
4: <laughs> I think they'll do
3: right by Aaron Rodgers, though. I have
1: a hard time believing they'll send him to Houston, Texas. What faith do you floor. have?
3: What faith do you have? <laughs>
1: I could care less where Aaron Rodgers goes, man. He's such a tired act at this point. Every offseason, just like talking about himself and he wants to win MVPs. And where am I going to? Am I going to retire? I don't know. Am I going to go here? I don't know. It's just, it just so, for me, it's so old. And he's old. So, I mean, he hasn't played that well the last few years. It's so really be worth all this uh, speculation and hype. I think um, if you are the Jets, it makes sense because I think you are close. I think you have a great defense. You have some good places on offense where I think you can go all in and trade your picks and for make a run out this year. I think that makes sense. For most teams, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. For the Raiders, I don't think it makes sense. I think um think you can't really, at this point where you are as an organization, trade one or two high draft picks for a guy who – is he 39? I think he's 39. He's a baby so, compared to Tom Brady. He's a baby. Great. That's great. But I just um, – I think it's just uh, – I think it would be a bad move for, for most teams. But the Jets, I can see where it makes sense. I can see where Hackett um, – Maybe this time he succeeds in getting his guy. And so, um, it's. A, it's a, I guess we'll see what happens.
4: Hey, man, you're a harsh critic, man. You say he hasn't played well the last few years. He's the back-to-back MVP last year. It's <laughs> past year? Past he's
1: just, year? Just, no, I'm talking about oh, last year. You said the last, last few years. years. Last was back-to-back five MVP years. to had, what, two bad years? Two bad years in the last five years? And two MVP seasons. But what what have they done? Do they want anything? Do they want anything in the playoffs? oh well,
4: I don't. I, I do think that he's he's off, all his off the field shenanigans have definitely. Vic
2: Vic just, hand, Big just his, doesn't want to have to McAfee watch the Pat Backer show every week if he comes to the Raiders.
4: Yeah, yeah I, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is still an elite quarterback. We don't have to go. Do
1: so you guys think it season. makes sense for the Raiders to get Aaron Rodgers? Absolutely.
4: Yeah, I mean, like uh, if you can build up the rest of the roster while doing, which so. which you probably can't, because um, I think any 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 quarter any quarterback that they Any quarterback that they get, I mean, the roster, it has to improve regardless. So, I mean, like, I don't think you pass on a top-tier quarterback just because your roster needs some work. Because, I mean, otherwise, what are you doing? Just, eh, we'll just settle for this average quarterback with this average roster and just go through another season of seven wins. And
1: You're building a plan. You're building, like, a long-term plan of success. Isn't that what the whole thing is? The the process that we're doing?
2: You have faith in the process?
1: No, but if you have no choice if you're a Raider fan. I just think, um, for me, I wrote the, the Brady thing doesn't make a lot of sense, but that one I can get because it's not costing any draft picks. That one's just a guy on the free agent market or you're going to pay a $25, or 30000000 million. And if that's the way you want to do it, I can see the the argument. You know, I, don't, I don't agree with it. I can see why you would do that. Trading picks for a guy who's 39 years old, I don't see that making any sense. And no matter how good he is, and I'm not sure Rodgers is what he was, you know, a few years back. I'm not saying
3: that, I agree necessarily with Trayton Rodgers, but he, he also said he would, or he hinted that he his sixty million dollar cap hit next year. You know he'll probably renegotiate that, or he'll he'll take some sort of pay cut. Um, I think that that's a big factor too, because yeah, paying you know one player that much money is going to seriously cripple any team's salary cap.
4: It actually it ends up the cap it gets split over uh this year and next year and so it's like i think about 15 million dollars this year and then it's like 30 something next year so it wouldn't not not too cost prohibitive in terms of his cap hit um it's just if he stays on the packers because you know the way that the signing bonuses and all this just different for them than any other team that he gets traded to so that's really not as big of a deal as long as you're fine with being committed to aaron Rodgers for two years which i think you would if you trade two first round picks but yeah i think for the, the raiders i think they have to be aggressive At quarterback, otherwise they kind of just just end up in this no man's land because even when they're picking in the draft at number seven, like those top three quarterbacks, or at least the consensus top three quarterbacks, are probably going to be gone if you just stand pat there. So even then, they probably have to trade up, use an extra first round pick from the future to go get a young quarterback if they like somebody that much. Maybe they don't like any of these young quarterbacks, and you know maybe use that draft capital to go get a, a quarterback, you know, over the trade market. I think just. You know, run, running out there and signing, I don't know, Jacoby Brissett and, like, building up the rest of his roster and, like, being, like, an, another av- average team again next year. Like, I don't really know. Like, with some of the, the, the contracts, I mean, they, they to me, if they're going to just do that, they have to take a step back roster-wise. Like, you have to look to trade Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro or some of these other pieces that you have because otherwise you just kind of, like, end up going nowhere, which is kind of the worst place to be in NFL. Like, you either want to be worse and get a better draft pick or or you want to try to get better and make the playoffs and I don't really see how they get better with a quarterback that's worse than Derek Carr or one that doesn't really have any sort of a long-term upside.
3: Oh, as I was gonna say uh the the two big mock drafts that came out this uh past week, Daniel Jeremiah and Todd McShay, both had top quarterbacks available at the number 7 spot and uh, ha- you know, went with the Raiders passing them up for uh for tackles. So yeah, I think that was a little bit of a uh, Tom Brady predicting going on there. Yeah, our
2: guy Dane Brugler, you know, his latest mock draft from last week. He uh, he had three quarterbacks gone by number five. He had. Uh... Bryce Young going to the Colts um, in a projected trade with the Bears at number one. Will Levis going number two to the Texans. Will Anderson, three to the Cardinals. Uh, Jalen Carter, four to the Bears. And then, uh, yeah, the Panthers trading up with the Seahawks to take C.J. Stroud at five. And, and and that's what I was going to bring up. That That's one where I think you kind of go into... And obviously, if they've signed Tom Brady already before then, um, you... You don't go into the draft day looking to quarterback at all. But say C.J. Stroud is sitting there available at five, like he is in in that mock draft. That's where you know maybe the trading up just a couple of spots. You know you're not trading up into the the top three, the top two, or anything like that. But trading up a couple of spots, I don't think you're giving up a number, a future number one to trade up um just a couple of spots. You know, maybe you're giving up a two or whatever. That's where it could be worth considering um, if. If they go to the draft and they haven't signed Brady, they haven't done anything for Rodgers, they haven't done something crazy like that, and they're still needing the quarterback, if Stroud is is available at five, that's where maybe you consider a, a smaller trade-up.
4: Yeah, I think they, I think Brugler did have the Panthers given up next year's first to do that. They were going to four spots, so maybe, but they would have to be in the Panthers. But the thing is, they have more draft capital than both of the teams that swung trade, and that the Colts and the Panthers. And So if they want to, they can be as aggressive as anybody. When it comes to moving up their draft board and i think even if they don't if they have a quarterback by that point it might even be worth going up to get somebody like will anderson or jalen carter like a really surefire at least what we think to be surefire impact defensive player because at that seventh spot like it ends up being yeah the best player available is, is probably one of those tackles and it's like well while, while right tackle is definitely a position they can have an upgrade like i don't know if a rookie right we, we, we've seen them draft some first round right tackles and it's not an upgrade how you expect or, or sometimes it, it flames out. And so I think for what they need, I think it's best for them to come away with a quarterback or impact defensive player. And so I think either way it goes, like they they should explore trading up. I mean, they, they, they're they projected if they get those comp picks for Zay Jones and Quentin Jefferson, they'll have 11 draft picks. They have all their future picks. If they're able to trade their car for something, they would have more picks. I don't, I don't know if they need you know, 15 rookies, but if you can you know package some of the, that stuff and, and move up and, and get you know some more impact players, I think they should take that approach. So they should trade Derek Carr to the Panthers to avoid them trading up? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Get some of those CMC picks.
2: For positional value-wise, too, if you're taking a tackle in the top 10, I think you want it to be a left tackle um, rather, rather than a right tackle.
4: And those guys, some of, I think both of them are left tackles. And so they would be asking like Alex Otherwood, a guy to switch to the right side. Smooth, um, smoothly. seamless, uh, seamless Skorons- transition. Skaronsky has, like, short arms, and some people think he's a guard, which a lot of people thought Alex like, Nah, it just, I know it's a different regime, and they didn't make that pick, but it just it just screams, like, stay away, don't do this
1: again. If they draft a tackle at seven, that's uh, that's Tom Brady calling the pick in. That's Tom Brady taking the card up to the commissioner. So, I, I mean, uh, it's definitely possible, but I think it's uh, – it's a pretty good draft in terms of the quarterbacks available and the defensive impact players available. I'm not sure I'd be taking a tackle at, at seven.
3: All right. Well, we
2: promised we'd get to a bunch of questions. So that is what we are going to do today. And we're going to start with this one from Michael K. Kind of addresses a topic we've been talking about here. He says, I get the thought behind bringing in a veteran QB like Brady for a year or so, but with this roster having so many needs and not just a QB away from being a contender, doesn't bringing in a Brady just put the Raiders in the same position a year from now when Brady retires with no long term answer at QB? I think I'd prefer them to draft a QB like CJ Stroud, even if it means some growing pains for a year or so. At least then they'd have a long term answer at QB. With all the Brady rumors swirling, what do you put the odds at that they'd actually go with a long-term play and draft a QB with their first-round
4: pick? Hey, Giselle's out the picture. Brady's playing till 50. I mean, it kind of depends because on the same token, you have all those holes. Like, the where they're picking, they're going to have to – I mean, we don't know for sure, but they're probably going to have to give up some draft capital to move up and get one of those quarterbacks. Which is obviously stuff they could use to go fill out the roster, and so you're going to have to, on that front, you're going to have to make some some sacrifices somewhere, um, in order to get a quarterback. This is a de- decision you make when you decide to make a change at quarterback. Like you're, you're, some kind of resources are, g- are going to be used up that you could use to improve the rest of the roster, and so it, it's not going to be copacetic on all ends with this, no matter which route they go. Like I think if you look at, you know, long-term sustainability, you know, drafting a rookie is, is always, you know, really the best move. It's the cheapest move. Um, you have that that five-year window to, to make something happen. Do they like these guys? You know, we, we don't really know that yet. You know, they, they may not really be that high on any of these quarterbacks and, and want to look towards next year, which is, you know, perceived to be a, a more loaded draft class. Um, but, you know, and, and also it kind of depends on that timeline. I know, you know, Ziegler, when, when Vic interviewed him, you know, he said he's not trying to catch lightning in the bottle. But... How seriously are they taking this year when it comes to trying to win? Like, are, do they want to go to try to make a Super Bowl run and get a guy like Tom Brady? Or are they kind of sitting back and they don't really you know, care if they're just a six or seven win team this year and, and draft a guy and kind of ride it out? And so I think we'll be able to tell before the draft gets here based on how they handle free agency outside of the quarterback position. Even, you know, how aggressive are they in improving the offensive line, uh, beefing up the defense as a whole? And so. It's it's kind of tough to, to gauge where they are from from that standpoint but if you had to pick one just in terms of taking that big picture long-term view which either way it goes like this coaching staff and, and this the gm they're going to be here for a few years like i think it's pretty clear they're not about to get canned if next year doesn't go well or anything of that nature then it's to draft a quarterback but at, when you're when you're sitting at seven you don't really control your own fate in that way i think if they were if they had lost two more games and they were sitting at number three overall, then we're having a different conversation. I think
3: if you draft a quarterback, you're looking at a two-year re- rebuild. You're not looking to compete really next year. You, you have a little bit more time to kind of build out the roster this offseason and the next offseason because with a rookie quarterback, you know, you're know you going to be expecting to go through some growing pains.
1: I got two words for you. Brock Purdy, baby. That's what I was going to say. two words. Damn it. Seventh, seventh round pick, baby. I would hope that the Raiders learned a lesson from last year. Last year, they kind of half-assed it. they kind of like, we're going to go for it. Eh, not really. But yeah, we're going for it. No, we're not. And that's where we're 6-11. and 11. So I think ideally you learn from that. And you, like you said, Mark Davis, you have, they have a support. They have, I think they have some time. There's a window here where they can kind of exploit that. Whereas I think if you do get a veteran quarterback, you get Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. And say, next year you're 9-8, don't make the playoffs. Then I think your job's in trouble. Then I think you've kind of screwed up your window where I think Mark's like, well, what the hell are we doing here? We've had two years and we've gotten nowhere. So I think that's why, for me, you learn your lesson, you make a more of a long-term plan, you get your five-year window with this, not you, but the team does, with this rookie quarterback in the first round. Ideally, he's really good. There's three top guys. There's a fourth guy kind of just below, but... Ideally, one of these three guys you like a lot. Maybe move up to the fourth or fifth pick if you can. And, and you kind of get in. Maybe he's an impact guy. You don't know in the NFL these days. I mean, guys who can run around definitely uh, can do some damage nowadays in the NFL. So to me, that's the way to go. But um, what, what do I know?
2: Brock Purdy's changing the NFL. Uh, Andy Staples uh, over on The Athletic has an article up Thursday morning looking at the next Brock Purdy. Who's going to be the next yes. uh, Mr. Irrelevant type? Uh, d- who is it? Uh, there's a bunch. Uh, you know, we He's got... Uh, yeah, I know
1: Tanner J- McKee, is that his name? Tanner McKee. No, uh,
2: he's got Max Duggan. Um, Stetson Bennett, who is like, you know, 35 years old. Uh, oh Jake my
1: God. H- Okay. We're, we're done. We're going off we got
2: J- Jake Hayner, Fresno State, if you want to go Fresno State route again.
1: <laughs> That's better than Stetson Bennett, so I'll give him that one.
4: Yeah, are the writers going to get to like... Copy and paste the 49ers defense and get George Kittle and Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and all of them to come over, too. Like, if they do that, then they can get any quarterback. What, what did uh, Josh McDaniel say back when he was with the Broncos? He can make a high school high school quarterback, an all-pro or whatever the fuck And, and they got to the get Shanahan
2: room. calling plays, designing plays, getting guys open. So, yeah. All right. Uh, this one, this question here from uh, Jeremy P. Uh, so reports are McDaniel's want to bring wants to bring in a veteran QB. Do you see the regime bringing back Stidham with a free agent quarterback and foregoing that position in this year's draft with a heavy focus on defense instead? If I'm Stidham, I think I played well enough these last two games that if if we're talking about like bringing in Tom Brady, there's no way in hell I'm coming back here knowing that I'm not going to play at all behind Tom Brady. I mean, I think he, I think he played well enough to deserve. You know, at least like one of those kind of mid-range backup quarterback deals, you know, five million or something like that, where there's maybe some hope of of competition, you know, against a, a youngster. So I don't think I don't see Stidham coming back if it's you know a huge big name free agent that they bring in.
4: Maybe there's not a market for him to have that sort of opportunity elsewhere, um, and he ends up coming back to somewhere where he's he's comfortable and knows the system. But you know, it, I think it sort of depends. I think if they. In terms of the, the veteran route, if they sound like a mid tier veteran, like a Jimmy G or something, I don't really know what would be the point of bringing back Stidham really, or even Tom Brady. Really, like if you're gonna get get a guy like that where you know they're the starter, you you might as well it doesn't have to be the first round, but second round, third round, you might as well draft a quarterback that has a little bit of more upside um, that you can work on developing. You know, behind that that veteran, and so I think that would more so be the. Uh, approaches, uh, especially since they have some extra draft capital, would be to you know, pair that veteran with the with a rookie you can develop rather than double down on, on veterans at quarterback.
1: Well, they're talking to them now. I think they're trying to find a price that will uh, entice them not to test the market, I think, for him. He likes it here. He played well in, in, against Niners, I think. Um, he knows the system very well, just some security. So there are some reasons why you want to come back versus seeing what's out there in the in the wide open. So it's, And to me, I think it makes sense. I think he's proven – He's got some. He's got some skill. He's got some moxie. I think in this league nowadays, having a, a good backup quarterback is. We've seen is very very important. So as long as the number's not too high, it has to be high enough where he won't test the market. But I think he did a good job. I think his teammates like him. I think he's definitely a good fit. So I, I think it makes sense to uh, to bring him back. Yeah, and I don't think there's too many places out there that
3: would seriously put him in a, a competition for their starting quarterback. I don't know, maybe the Texans, if they decided I want to um, start their rookie right away. But I don't think there's too many places that are willing to say, you know, we're going to put Stidham in this competition to be a starting starting quarterback. I mean, yeah, I think the Raiders system probably is his his best fit. I think he knows that, too. I think he'd want to have a good idea.
2: Like, is Brady coming in here ahead of me? And I, I'm back sitting behind him, and, and I know I'm never going to see
4: the field. Um, well, you never know. He is 46 and the offensive line has some issues. So.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply.
2: Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner StubHub has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, The widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships,
3: StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.
2: Question here from Justin J: Do you think Ziegler focuses on effective but aging veterans in free agency or under-the-radar players? Please know more just signing up a bunch of Chandler Joneses. I I would hope he'd he'd be looking for those younger ascent
1: was came on strong man he made some plays for three or four games in a row there he was dealing before he got hurt he's back baby he's back
4: i think on defense they need some more sh- maybe not older guys but just some more sure commodities like it's just so like the defense is just so bad at all three levels like i don't know how if you're just taking a bunch of shots on a guy on a bunch of guys that like haven't done anything yet i think that'd be a little a little tricky on on the defensive side of the ball. Either way they go, like whether they you know are going all in or trying to develop, you want that, that unit to improve at least somewhat. And so uh, maybe not the super big you know Chandler jones size deals, but I think some proven veterans on some short-term deals um, could be a good way to kind of – I mean, we've seen teams the last couple of years do that plug-and-play kind of stuff on defense. The Bengals <laughs> were a big one um, last season. They signed a bunch They've of – They've kind of go- gone more than under the radar program. route, though. They've kind of
2: gone those, those guys that like – hadn't done a ton and, and, you know, but look like. The-
4: they still were like some solid, bet. like Mike Hilton, like, for example, he just come, comes to mind. Like he, he'd been a starter for a couple of years. Like, a, you know, maybe i misevaluated the question, but I don't know if they've meant like guys who maybe had been backups and hadn't started yet, or, you know, kind of part-time starters, that kind of thing. Like the Bengals got some guys that like, or Trey Hendrickson, for example, he had come on strong as a starter with the Saints. Like he wasn't the biggest name, but he had, you know, had a good season. So, I think that tier of those tier of guys would be fine um, in addition to you know whoever they draft in terms of trying to inject some some short term benefit into the defense without tying yourself to those big big money deals down the road like you did with Chandler Jones. What do you think about Jalen Ramsey? This guy, <laughs> this guy. just goes off the deep end. They're like, yeah, no no big money guy. Yeah, the guy making $20 million that you got to give a first-round pick for. for I sure.
3: mean, he still played at an elite level last year. I mean, I, I know he got burned a little in the beginning of the season, but he ended up playing really well. Can he coexist in
2: a locker with Hunter Renfro?
1: Ah, or Devontae Adams. Devontae made him look pretty bad down there in, uh, in Los Angeles, man. I think the approach defensively all depends on on if they sign Tom Brady. If you sign Tom Brady, you have to get older veteran guys who won before and can help you in the short term. If you don't, you have a longer window and a longer plan. You can focus on younger guys, with upside guys who may have not played their best ball yet and may not you know need some seasoning, may just need some games to kind of uh, reach your potential. But... Um, those guys are not going to work for Tom Brady. So if he comes in, it's a clear mandate that we're trying to win now. I need, you know, a bunch of 32 year old guys who can plug in and, and play hard and, and play well. I don't think they have to be that. Yeah, old. 30, 30, 30, 30 28. Can we get some 28, 29 year olds? Yeah,
2: 20,
4: 28, some, some 27, 28s is fine. But also, they, they're like, they have a good amount of cast space, but it's not like they just have, like, you know, Endless resources here, so I think they're going to have to make some concessions when it comes to building this team out. Given just all all the holes that they have, I mean, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, cornerback, and safety are all, and obviously quarterback are all positions in need. And so you ain't you ain't signing top flight guys at all those positions, even if you do get Tom Brady. So they're going to have to get a little creative to 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 improve this roster. Well,
3: if Brady does come, there probably will be some guys that will want to follow
4: him for a little a little bit
3: cheaper. I'm not saying they'll get huge discounts.
4: Maybe I don't know. Like I, I guess so. I, I, those guys with the Bucks weren't exactly on discount deals. They, they, well, they the the, bu- the Bucks well. team was pretty much well yeah. was pretty well constructed. Yeah.
3: Yeah. By the time he came in,
4: <laughs> yeah, maybe they got that Las Vegas state tax. No, no state tax. Maybe that can help 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 them take a couple. couple I mean, the question will be: Will
2: those guys realistically view the Raiders as a contender? I mean, because that's what that's how you typically attract those those veterans to kind of take those little bit cheaper deals. Is they're doing ring chasing. Are people re- Are those players really going to look at the Raiders and, and say, yeah, I can go chase a ring there with Brady? Uh, maybe. But I don't know. We, we all know, too, with free agency, it's like proven players are hard to find in free agency. I mean, if a guy is that good, teams generally do not let them get to free agency. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes they do, but it's really hard to to try to rebuild your team just by plucking and, and grabbing different guys that are out there in free agency. So um,
4: Yeah, I think either way, the, the draft is going to have to be a big component of this. Because they just have so many needs that, and if, if Ziggler's gonna stick to his word, like that's how you, you, you build that kind of you know long term success. Is obviously guys on Ricky deals that
1: have some potential to improve, yeah. Whatever happens at quarterback, I mean, Ziegler McDaniel's fate is tied to how well they draft. I mean, that was the problem here the last few regimes. Uh, look at you know all the guys who have been picked and are now gone so. They have to draft well starting this year. I mean, this past year, I'm not mean. It's kind of a weird year. They didn't have a, a trade with top two picks, but this this year they got plenty of picks. They need guys who are both impact guys and also guys who can you know maybe grow into being those kind of guys in the future. So they got to draft well starting uh, this year.
2: All right, here's a question from Mario P. Can the defense be significantly improved after only one offseason? There are those that believe so, but I just don't see it being possible. Also, should the Raiders bring back Perryman and or Yassin?
3: Historically, defense fluctuates a lot. You know, even top defense. Not here. I know, I know. (laughs) The Raiders have been one of the weirdly consistent teams defensively. Like they just stay bottom three, <laughs> which doesn't happen very often, but it, ha- it happens with the Raiders.
1: Man, Why are you, why you laughing, man? Raider fans are crying. you are laughing about how bad defense has been, man. Sad. not funny?
3: Sad. Because they defy statistical odds. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, significant is, is a subjective word. I mean, they were 26 in scoring. Maybe they can get to like 18th. That's significant. They're not about to get a top 10 defense in them like that. But if they can get closer to league average, I think that's that's a realistic goal
2: that should be the name of our podcast because we've we spent every off season like for as long as we've been doing this show just talking about can their defense get closer to league average
4: yeah I mean they have a lot of issues on that side of the ball and we don't really know if coaching is one of them yet I don't think because of the, the talent was just so bad last year that all there was only so much they could do but even if they do improve the roster if they have some coaching issues that might continue to hold them back and so it's, it's really hard to say um but on on, on to Paraman, i think it's tough man like i know he's he's a locker room favorite and you know he's really developed into a leader but he's he's over 30 now um he's a guy that pretty much every year has been injured at some point in his career and i'm not saying he's he's telling you to back up the brinks truck but it's probably gonna cost a decent amount of money and do you, do you feel you know comfortable making a commitment to a guy that is getting older and has dealt with injuries pretty frequently throughout his career. And then Rocky sin, it's kind of the same thing. Like I don't think he's ever played a full season in his career. He's a young guy has a lot of potential, but can he stay on the field? And so I think for both of those guys, the price would have to be right in order in terms of bringing them back. Like if they get, you know, an offer that blows them out of the water, they probably let them go. But, you know, I think they both show flashes of guys that can be solid, you know, players on this defense, but, you know, availability, uh, is a concern with both of them. And and so it just kind of depends. Especially, you know, I mean, Perriman had surgery, you know, after he got hurt last last season, and, and Yusin had a lingering knee injury. So these aren't just little bumps and bruises. Like, these are pretty significant ones. And so I think that all factors into it as much as how well they play.
1: I think ideally you can build a defense up in a couple of years. I think it's probably a two-year process if you, if you draft well and you sign some guys who can actually come in and make plays. I don't, think, I don't think Perriman's back. I don't think he's a great fit for the system. I think he played, uh, obviously, mixed plays. He's a downhill guy. But I'm not sure he's a great fit for the system. And I think, uh, I thought Rocky Asin was, was fine. I think um, my sense is that the team, the, the front office and the coaching staff, was a little underwhelmed by him this year. I don't think he uh, was a guy they feel they have to have back or really may want to have back. So I look at it, I'm, I look at maybe just three guys back, three starters back next year. I got... Uh, I got Crosby Jones, and I got Nate Hobbs. I'm not sure I see – I mean, and Harmon might be back because maybe like you know, a, a possible backup or swing safety, but I, I only see three guys back on, on his defense next year.
4: Maybe Devon Diablo. He's got a rookie deal that played moderately well yeah, last but year. if he's
1: back, is he going to be a starter, though? I don't know if he's going to be a starter. I mean, he'll come back, but I'm not sure he's going to – big guy you plug in as a starter. Yeah,
4: outside of that, probably that comes to mind is Andrew Billings at defensive tackle. He was really good as a run stuffer and probably probably pretty cheap. So maybe maybe close to like four or five starters back. But I think it'd be good for them to... I think it is best for them to have like, you know, five or six new starters for sure because they have some serious areas of weakness that they need to improve.
3: I wonder what they'll do philosophically from a team building standpoint. Do they... Go all in and trying to build the best defensive line that they can, or do they kind of go, what the Patriots typically have done before this year was try to get, to build out the best secondary possible, go back for, back to front. Yeah, I wonder which direction Ziegler is going to end up um, going towards. I mean, you already have one elite player. On,
2: on your on your front line with with Max Crosby so it would seem to be that would be the direction I would go I mean we've seen that that's been like kind of the 49ers method is is building up that defensive front and I mean since that's that's the one place where you have an elite player on defense that's the direction I would go I mean if you could I mean just think if you could build up a defensive front that had some some real juice on the inside um, plug in anybody kind of decent on the other side I mean it could be Chandler Jones for the next couple of years or whatnot but man if you if you had
1: Whoa, whoa! Just just next next year, Jones <laughs> for one uh, more year, not next next couple yeah. years. Was but easy. yeah, I mean, I
2: just, yeah, you you it would just be it would be fun to see. We see how good Crosby is now. It would be fun to see him playing alongside, uh, you know, uh, at least one other elite guy up front.
3: I haven't been reading the mock drafts. Is there another defensive tackle? I know Jalen Carter is the number one guy. Is there another guy that's hyped up as a top ten guy?
4: No, not really. Actually, him is kind of like Brian Breesey from Clemson, who's, like, more potential than anything. He didn't really do much in his college career. He's a five-star guy, a lot of talent, but the production just wasn't there. So defensive tackle-wise, it's really Jalen Carter. Um, After that, it's kind of like, you know, edge rushers who can kind of uh, – what's the word? Rotate inside like a uh, Will Anderson or Miles Murphy or, you know, those kind of guys. So it's not really – wouldn't be the greatest fit in the world um, with with some of those players with Chandler Jones. I think they would have to kind of split slap, split snaps a little bit and like maybe play guys that don't have enough weight inside. You know, with this sort of multiple front that they do, they, they seem to like bigger defensive linemen on the interior, and, and those guys don't really fit it. And so that's again, they're, they're kind of in a weird spot at that at that seven seventh pick when it comes to adding impact players really on either side of the ball um, that they want to target.
1: I had one more thought on, on Denzel Perryman. Uh, I got to give him his respect, man. He's the only good linebacker in the last 20 years. So if he does go, he definitely uh, was a source of some good highlights and some good, uh, some good locker room takes. But he'll uh, be missed, I think, based on what we've seen as linebacker the last 20 years. But uh, ideally, they get guys who fit the system better and can make some plays.
2: And the other consideration with Perryman is he was very good for them. Based on the fact that he was making three million dollars per year, I mean that two million dollar, that two year six million dollar contract that they acquired in that trade, that added to his value because you had a a you know a Pro Bowl linebacker who was making you know barely over league minimum salary, and so if you bring him back, you're not bringing him back at three million dollars per year. All right, a couple more questions here before we get out of here. Uh, This one from Jess A wants to know how attached at the hip are Ziegler and McDaniel's. Is this a complete package deal with no exceptions, or is there a possibility that if things go sideways next year, Ziegler would stay and McDaniel's would go?
1: How about that silence? What are the crickets? Crickets. You,
2: you had you had a nice smirk going the whole time, Vic.
1: I did. I think that's a question for maybe a couple years from now. I think they're definitely a couple years now from now. Like, uh, man, but how I mean,
2: how, I, how long I, I do I they see, got?
1: They're building a pro. It's a process, man. They're building something, so give them a chance to build it. Um, but like all marriages, at some point there might be there might be a crossroads. We look across. You're like, what the hell am I doing with this person? This is not working out. So um, we're not there yet. But uh, you never know what's going to happen. At some point, they may have to like uh, you know uh, Zugu may have to say, you know what, uh, let's try something else. But um, we're not there yet. We're not even close there. We're a happy marriage. Everyone's you know we're we're singing in the car to, to songs together. We're, like, you know, sharing each other's meals. So everyone's happy right now, so let's, uh, let's focus on that.
3: They already kicked out a family member. They already kicked out their car, so they kicked him out of the car already.
1: He was adopted. He, he was a friend. There. He wasn't their kid. Yeah,
4: yeah I think the only way, way is if they, like, they build what Mark Davis perceives to be a good roster and then they lose because of what he what, some kind of coaching issue, and that, that's really about the only world that I could see. Like, I guess that's kind of what happened with the Colts. At least for now, it seems like they're keeping their GM, but like, you know, they, they built what they thought was one of the better rosters in the league and they kept losing. And so maybe that, that kind of situation comes up, but it's, it's kind of hard to envision them not being a, a complete package deal. Has
2: anybody ever gotten more chances to try to find a quarterback than Chris Ballard?
4: And everybody still loves him. It's crazy. Like, he he keeps fucking up at, like, the most important position in the world. And everybody's like, I love this guy. He's so great at building the roster. They haven't won a division in, what, like, six years?
2: They haven't won in in Jacksonville in, what, like, four or five years? Something like that. They can't even win in Jacksonville.
1: I think part of that is because he gives the best access in the league. He gives people behind-the-scenes looks. He's, like, talking to people constantly. I mean, the reporters have an open-door policy. So I think there's a reason he's beloved because he kind of shows all his cars and let people know what he's doing and yeah, he's a nice guy. So obviously they went with the veteran quarterback, you know, three or four times didn't work out and he still got another shot. But um, I think part of that is just like, you know, being accessible and quote unquote honest about what you're doing, what you're trying to do. It gives you some time.
2: All right. We'll go with the last question here. Uh, this is from Mark C and I might combine a little bit of a one from Scott F, but Mark at, Wow. They're both asking about the same man. Um, Mark says, uh, How much of the Raiders' dysfunction can be laid at the feet of Mark Davis? After all, he's not dropping passes, calling plays, throwing out of bounds on fourth down, or missing blocks. Is Mark Davis involved with draft decisions or personnel? Mark takes a lot of heat from fans, but is it warranted? And then uh, Scott also asked about Mark Davis. Um, One of the biggest criticisms I've heard of Mark Davis, aside from the bull cut, is that he's the poorest owner in the league. I hope a few years in Vegas has started to fill his bank account, but does an owner's wealth truly tie to the ability of a team to be successful? Are these just perceptions and intangible benefits, or are there tangible reasons that wealth can have an effect on an NFL team's success? Um, I think I'll start there by saying that yes, it can, because it allows you to better structure contracts if you're able to give more upfront signing bonuses if you have that money to you know when whenever you hear about these contracts that have you know 50 million guaranteed all that like that money has to be provided up front it has to be put in an escrow account like you can't just i'm guaranteeing you you know 100 million dollars in this contract just just trust me i'll I'll have it when you need it like that con that money has to be put in an escrow account and so um wealth is important because you know to make some of these deals and and when you want to, when you want to kind of create salary cap space, that you see a lot of these teams do, it's because they're able to do these things with signing bonuses that they can stretch out over time, and so they're able to to have the more flexibility. Whereas if you look at the Raiders' contracts of the last couple of years, um, the signing bonuses have been very small on, on most of these deals, and, and, you know, and that is is certainly a sign of a of a team that doesn't have the the up, the the cash flow of other teams to be able to to structure contacts in the in the right way, and then. It it also comes down to when you make mistakes on with coaches or, or personnel that you know, executives that you, know, you can say all right I'm gonna blow twenty million dollars here to to fix my mistake.
4: You know I mean all you have to do is look at the Rams when it comes to people ask every year how do they keep making these this cap space work I mean that's how their owners filthy rich and I hate them but um, the in terms of it, it can't be worked around though it kind of depends I mean like the Rooney family is not at all like high amongst you know the wealth rankings among nfl owners i think they're right around where mark davis is and the steelers haven't had a losing record in like what 16 years or something like that and so i think you can counter it if you're like very adept when it comes to with well,
2: the steelers remember until until tj watt's deal like they had this stubborn thing about oh they you know how they guarantee contracts like they were like you know refused to like throw in too many guarantees like they've been you know, they've had to ad- adapt to that because you have a guy like TJ Watt who's going to demand it. But they, they were like really stubborn with, uh, with kind of some aspects of their contracts. So they were able to, that kind of, I can't help circumvent that. And
3: they've way. been amazing at drafting because the Steelers are one of the best drafting teams of, you know, in, in the league.
4: Yeah, they won two Super Bowls doing this. So it must be working out pretty well. So I think that's where it comes in terms of your football knowledge. If you're able to hire the correct people, then you can counterbalance you know, whatever wealth. You know, you may be lacking, and Mark Davis hasn't shown he's been able to hire the right, hire the right people so far. I mean, whether it's GMs or head coaches, they haven't panned out. And I mean, I mean, the buck stops for him when it comes to that. And so, you know, uh, I mean, the, his financial situation is what it is. It's, it's going to get better with them being in Vegas, but that doesn't completely absolve him when it comes to this franchise's ineptitude that it's 20 years or so. And so, it, it, if if you're able to make some some strong hires, you can. I mean, even the Bengals—they're another team that's not very wealthy um and, and we've seen them really they didn't you know they, they couldn't get over the hump and they still haven't won a Super Bowl or anything like that but they've been in the playoffs for most of this this century and so you know it, it's something where I think that's where I won't say he doesn't know football but like he hasn't been able to hire the right football people um and you have to put that blame on him
1: yeah I think Vegas is definitely a cash cow I think uh COVID kind of kept the cow in the barn for a while but I think now the cow's starting to walk around stretch his legs a little bit I think uh Maybe not right now, maybe by next year. I think um, Davis will be pretty flush. I think the money is no longer, uh, the cash is no longer the issue that it was. It's definitely not been solved yet. But I think it's definitely trending in the right direction. So I think um, at some point that excuse won't be valid anymore. I think as far as um, putting it all on him, that's tough. I mean, there's been a lot of bad decisions uh, made, not just by him, but by others and organizations. So... um, but, you know, like, uh, like Deshaun said, when you lose 18 out of 20 years, I mean, there's only a few common denominators, and he's one of them in the last decade. So I think ideally he got this one right with Ziegler, and we'll see what Dave does in the draft and free agency, and then that will also kind of determine how Mark's seen his, um, his role. But if this doesn't work out, then that will be another, another failed regime under his watch, and I think um, – yeah, I mean, obviously, he, um, he's not making personal decisions, but definitely he's involved in the sense that he signs the checks, and I think he definitely has a voice on some things. So, um, yeah, you got to win. I mean, if you win, then things change, and they haven't won. so.
2: I want to go find this cow, like, leaving the barn, stretch out their legs.
1: He's got, he got the sunglasses on right now. He's checking out the other cows. He's, he's pretty happy right They're
4: now. Cows in Vegas. Yeah, man. I didn't know we had those. Are you? There's got to be a cow somewhere in Vegas,
3: right? That's their favorite. They're they're probably well done before they even hit the grill. You need some <laughs> eat some grass. Oh man. Eat
1: some grass, man. To all our listeners out there who are vegans, I apologize for Ted Wynn. I was uncalled for. So disrespectful.
2: Alright, guys. Well, um, uh, there are a lot of a lot of wow. questions here that we did not get to, uh, but we will uh, you know, we'll recircle back to some of these uh, next week and uh, we'll we'll get some of those. Uh, we will have a lot of senior bowl talk next week. Deshaun will be in uh, in yes. Mobile, Alabama, checking out uh Patrick Graham, uh, head coach of what uh, what is he? He's got the north and the south. Who does he have? National. National. national okay. team. Yeah, yeah. National and that's that's what it goes now.
4: Okay.
1: Who's the best quarterback at the at the senior ball uh, to
4: year? Max Duggan, I think. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is actually Duggan. Oh, the next Brock Purdy. Yeah. So. Ooh, there you go. Are
2: are you gonna get any exciting are you gonna get any reps at linebacker?
1: Hey, man. I'm let that one die, man. Let that thing die. Man. Hey, man.
2: McDaniels
0: wants him.
1: McDaniels wants him. <laughs> hey, man. He, he,
0: he, 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 he
4: wants me out. He, he wants me out there. Though. What can I say? I'm going to talk to Patrick and see what I can do. Get in there, you know, lay a couple hits down. It's practice. It's just two-hand touch anyway. I can get out there.
2: We, we get you in the uh, – you can play in the Pro Bowl. That's, that is that's flag football, right? Yeah, uh, that's
4: actually flag football. I, I have a, a pretty good shot in the Pro Bowl. I think I, I, think I can do all right out there not going to be trying. They're all going to be hungover from the night before in Vegas. So like, will you, gotta, though. Get out there and do something. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody.
2: We will talk to you guys again next week. Deshawn uh, will join us from Mobile, Alabama.
4: And then going back to the south. Country. Woo-hoo. All right, y'all.
1: Adios.